Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 18 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome, it's June and it's FASD Author Month here at FASD Hope. During the month of June, we'll be highlighting authors who have written about their experiences in FASD, their family's journeys in FASD, or about FASD from a professional point of view. We hope you enjoy this month's episodes. Thanks, and here's today's episode. Sandra Flack is a mom of eight children, five through adoption, and two diagnosed with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. She encourages and equips foster and adoptive moms through her weekly Orphans No More podcast. Sandra is the co-founder of Justice for Orphans and serves as the area director for Care Portal. Sandra and her husband, Wayne, have been married 34 years. They reside in upstate New York, where they love to spend time with their five precious grandchildren. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 5. It is always a pleasure to have my dear friend, sister in Christ, fellow fierce adoption, foster care advocate, mama bear. I just, there's, there's too many, see, I'm speechless now. There are too many words that I could use for my next guest, but um, to describe her awesomeness. And I'm going to let her start talking because she has been on our show before. Sandra Flack is an amazing force of nature and she's just a woman of Christ. And she has taken her ministry, her life and turned it into this amazing book that I was blessed to be a part of the launch team. Sandra Flack has many titles, as I said in our previously recorded intro, but now her newest title is author. So I am welcoming back to FASD Hope, someone who's just fabulous. Sandra Flack, welcome back to FASD Hope. It is an honor, Natalie, and I thank you for that introduction, but it just makes me realize we're twins. (laughs) Describing yourself there. So. Oh my goodness, you are. I, I love you. I love you, my friend. So Sandra is. Uh, it's so funny because Sandra, I look to her as one of my podcasting mentors. She's been podcasting long before it was cool, and it's hilarious because Sandra and I have been releasing a couple of times. We've been releasing the same guests on the same week. <laughs> I I release it. Sandra's like. I'm doing the same guest. And it's so funny because it's hilarious. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. We, we think like we, we really do. It's, yeah. it's, 
It's hilarious. So I love Sandra's podcast, Orphans No More. Um, we will, of course, list Orphans No More and as well as Sandra's awesome, awesome nonprofit, um, Justice for Orphans. But we're today we're talking about, Sandra, we're talking about your new book, Orphans No More, A Journey Back to the Father, which I can only describe as you are there in the book. You are making that journey with Sandra, which is just an amazing story. Sandra, before we start talking about your awesome book, can you give us an update about what you've been doing since we talked last fall? Because I know there's some new uh, news with JFO. There's just a whole bunch of stuff you're doing. Share with our listeners what's happening in your life. Oh, thank you, Natalie. Uh, there's always, I think us moms tend to wear a lot of hats. We spin a lot of plates. So I think when we talked the last time, I was sort of on that fence about what to do for our son. Our youngest son uh, adopted 15 diagnosed FASD, um, and he was really struggling in school. So in mid-October, we did pull him out and we've been homeschooling him, which he wasn't able to really learn in school. He had been thriving there previously, but because of COVID and all the changes, um, his brain could not focus on learning. He was just focused on surviving and uh, it wasn't, it just wasn't working. So he's doing much better home. Uh, we're homeschooling. He's learning, making progress. Um, he's uh, technically in eighth grade. So uh, we're actually believing that we're going to homeschool him right through high school and finish him that way because we really feel like that's the best fit for him. Our other son was was struggling, who's 17. He'd been doing wonderfully in a, a, a vocational training program for welding, um, was doing amazing there, can, can weld, is very hands-on, but got connected with some kids in his class that were just a really negative influence. And he's, you know, he's also FASD and he has... Um, you know, he's small stature, some bone deformities, um, you know, very small for his age, a hundred pounds soaking wet. And he's 17, almost 18. And he just wanted, I think, to fit in and to be liked. And, um, but it, he became a follower and was introduced to vaping and then marijuana. And so knowing what we now know about FASD and secondary and tertiary characteristics, we pulled them out of the vocational training program. We were like four months left, you know, that's wonderful. Cause the, the school was kind of like, oh, how can we make this happen for this young man? He's only got four months left. And we were like, well, you know, having a welding certificate is wonderful, but not if you end up addicted to drugs in the process, which is very likely where this could go because of his his history, you know, and alcohol exposure and all of that. So I basically told them he's going to go work for his dad in the afternoon instead of the welding program. And you're going to count it as a work study. And that's how he's going to graduate him. That's how he's going to graduate or I will homeschool him. And they were like, okay, <laughs> so he, that's what we're doing with him. So those are some big changes since the last time we talked and um, our ministry is uh, Justice for Orphans. We, we Care Portal is one of the things that we do where we partner with local child welfare agencies. They identify needs of children and families in crisis. Um, and then we connect them with churches to meet those needs. Uh, we're in just two counties. Our, our nonprofit has implemented in two capital region counties 
um, for the past three years. And it's we're almost 1600 children locally have been served. Many of them were prevent, preventing them from getting into foster care or help making a foster placement or a kinship placement. So it's an incredible boots on the ground ministry. And right now we're in the process of implementing in two new counties. So soon we'll be in four. Um, so that's made life busy. And then of course my book is about to release. So I'm on this book launch train and I thought writing the book was the hard part and that my work was done once I was done writing, but now book launching is a full-time job. So I'm like, oh, I'll just put that hat on too. Here we go. And I'm just laughing and nodding my head as you're telling me all of this, because it, it is, it's, it's how many plates can we keep up in the air? And I, I love that analogy, a thousand plates. So you had this book in you, you know, you had this story in you, and we know that God wanted you to share everything that you've been through with the world. We both know that we use our, our brokenness and our stories and our journeys to serve the Lord by, by helping others. Let's talk about when the seed, when God planted that first seed in you of this book, you know, because again, we're going to talk about this book and this book really is, it really is a journey. You, you physically feel like you're on this journey with you. When did God first put that in your heart to write this book? Oh, goodness. We were had already adopted all of our kids, had, you know, were home, JFO was established, Orphans No More, before it was a podcast, was a radio show, I was doing the radio show, and just one day, the Lord just sort of during my quiet time settled into my heart that I was going to write a book, and I'm like, oh, probably it would be about our adoption story, right? I love reading books about real life people and their journeys and their, especially adoptive story, adoption stories, so but I felt like, wait a minute, I just want to make sure that that's not a Sandra thing and that it is the Lord. So Lord, if you're saying to do that, I'll definitely obey, but I'm not going to write a single thing until you tell me what I'm going to write. Like I'm going to wait on you. So I think it might've been a few months went by and over that time, two different people that I didn't even really, well, the one I knew through a radio station, but the first, the first guy was just this, this, this kind of, this guy who was visiting our church. He was sort of, you know, kind of like in that prophetic um, area. And he said to me, you're going to write a book. No, you're going to write three books and you're going to be out and about with the word of God. And I'm like, okay, that could be a little confirmation because he didn't really know me, right? Like he, he, he wouldn't have known. And then the other, the other guy was a guy was sort of a, a I, I do some radio spots on a local Christian radio um, music, music station, the sound of life, which, you know, um, and at the time, the um, CEO of that station, we were talking about something and he said, well, you know, blog posts make really good chapters of books, you should blog and I'm like, oh, Okay. So two things. Okay. Maybe that was it. And then really the confirmation from the Lord came when, um, I got asked to speak at an adult Sunday school class. Uh, my father-in-law had this, to me, it was huge in upstate New York. There's not really mega churches. <laughs> and I know in the South and different places in the country, there's mega churches, but there's not really mega churches where we are, but my father-in-law had what I, we consider here a big, adult Sunday school class with over 50 people in it on Sunday morning. And he asked me to come speak on the orphan spirit. 
And the orphan spirit is something he and I had been talking about and the Lord had been showing me because I had started to see as an adoptive mom, the parallels between the physical adoption of children and our spiritual adoption as children of God. And then why, you know, I, I said this to a mom once I said, you know, it's easier to take a child out of the orphanage than it is to take the orphanage out of the child. Now it's not really easy to take a child out of the orphanage. And if you read my book and the journey on how we got our kids, it's warfare, but it is actually easier to physically come out of an orphanage than it is to take that orphan spirit mindset, you know, because our kids became our kids as soon as we landed in the United States. And, and, um, you know, at the time I was like really focusing on our youngest who was five at the time. And it's like, he's got a new birth certificate. He's got a new name. He's got a new address. He's got a new family. He's got a whole new life, but he still acts like he's in the orphanage. Like where's the disconnect. And then I started to realize, I do the same thing with God. I can act the same way with God. So prayerfully and with scriptures and stories, the Lord led me to put together this message for this Sunday school class. And then the, the, the night before we had taken a little road trip for the day with our boys and my husband was driving us back. It was over an hour ride. So I had been taking notes through the um, note taking thing on my phone, you know, the note app. And it was, and also I had written the message, my notes on my iPad. So on my phone, I pulled it up on the ride home in the car. So I could just kind of review my notes and, and try to get, you know, focused. And then the next morning I got up early to, to pray and prepare. Cause I was going to leave and go speak. So I opened up my iPad cause I wanted to print my notes and bring them with me and review it one more time. And as soon as I opened it up on my iPad, it came up and then it disappeared off my iPad. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like I hadn't even printed it and that never happened to me before. So I quick grabbed my phone, opened it on my phone, hit print, heard my printer start to print, and then it disappeared off my phone. And I was like, this is weird. So thankfully I had the notes that I had printed. They did print, but it was no longer anywhere on my iPad or my phone. It was, it was gone. And I thought, this is really strange. It seems like maybe you know, is it the enemy not wanting me to bring this message? Like what is going on? So I went, I shared, gave the message. I got feedback. People told me that, you know, there's an anointing on this message. I'm like, Oh, you know, thank you very much. And the next morning, just sitting with the Lord, I'm like, God, what was that? You know? And, and the Lord said, that is your book. That is what you're going to write about. And I was like, Oh, so then I started writing but I wasn't, I'd never written a book before. So I would write sporadically on and off, you know, life was happening and I was just trying to write whenever, and you really can't write a book that way. Now I know, um, because I would put it down for periods of time, weeks, months, I'd pick it up again. I would write. Um, and then when I decided, okay, I'm going to get serious and finish this, I started writing. And then I thought, I think I wrote this part. So then I printed off because I was writing on my computer, you know, in word and I printed it so I could read it like a book, everything I had written. And I realized I already wrote this like twice. So then I basically made an outline so that I knew what each chapter should cover. So I didn't duplicate. And then I just started rewriting and then um, was going to self-publish but then I had the opportunity to attend a speak uh, a speaker and writers conference 
attended some workshops and the Lord just confirmed there to not just self-publish, though there's nothing at all wrong with that. I'm sort of doing a, a hybrid version of it's a cross between self-publishing and traditional publishing. So I have a publisher and kind of paying for the services that, you know, I want them to do the proofreading and all of that. And I got a writing coach, Larry Leach, incredible. He went through every chapter of the book with me and taught me how to be a writer. So everybody's, you know, been giving me feedback about how they feel like they're right in the book. They're right in the car with us traveling. You do. I learned that through my writing coach. So I'm a much better writer because of the process. And I've loved learning how to write and I love to write. So I hope there's more books in the future, but yeah, that's been the journey. And it's amazing as I was reading it, you know, being blessed to be a part of this book launch team, you really do feel like you're on this journey with you, Sandra, and you, there's this, the flow of the book is, is fantastic because there's so many different stories within the story. Not only is there the story about your children's adoption from the Ukraine and then going back to the Ukraine, there's the adoption of your daughter through kinship adoption and that whole story. There's the, uh, you know, story about your coming to, you know, to the Lord and, and your wonderful, how, th- that tie of how, yes, adoption is supernatural. It's, it's of the Lord and how, We need to see that in our relationship with God, how, you know, our children who are adopted have that journey. It's the same journey, you know, we're, we're all adopted in in Jesus and it's just such a wonderful book. I, I really feel like, and then in there, you just put all of the meaningful scripture that ties in and, and that got you through and what you prayed on and what you meditated on. So, um, I just, I loved it. I, I, I loved this book. And, and again, your writing, you know, it's like, you've been writing for 20 years. Like you're not only just credits props to, you know, to Larry, your writing coach, but just, you really just, it's like, you've had this story in you and, and it just flows. I think, I, I don't know. I, there's no better way for me to say, it except it just, it's, it flows and it's just a beautiful, beautiful story. Wow. So let's talk about the main takeaways. I mean, there's so many things in this book that your readers will learn. Let's talk about the main takeaways that you, when God put this book in your heart, the main takeaways that you want the readers to know from your journey and from this book. I think there are a lot. And I, and while I I do believe a lot of the potential readers will be foster and adoptive parents. Um, It's not just geared for foster and adoptive parents. I really believe that because because I cover, so the first part of the book is memoir. It's that journey, like you said, of us to our kids, why we adopted, the process of getting our kids, surviving them coming home, you know, and learning about trauma, which we had no clue about, but we were dealing with, but we didn't know what it was, FASD. Um, so how all of that came to be. And then the last part is really through the lens of being an adoptive mom and a Christian woman for like 30 years, I began to see that parallel of our, our adoption as Christians, as children of God with, through the, that lens of being an adoptive mom. 
And I think that that is a huge takeaway because so many of my readers, my pre-readers um, on the book launch team, um, some of them are uh, adults who had been um, in the foster care system or who had been orphaned or who had experienced some kind of trauma. And they're coming back to me and saying, you know, thank you for writing this book. I read through tears and now I understand better my own salvation and how God sees me. Um, I had one foster and adoptive mom thank me because she said, now I know better how to pray for my kids because I see this stuff in my kids, but now I feel better equipped. Like I know how to pray better. And I was like, wow, I, you know, that was something that you know, so I'm learning what people who are now, cause it's been inside me for so long. I felt very vulnerable. Like my, my husband had read it. My adult children had read it. My pastor, I wanted my pastor to read it, but then when I had to open it up to more people and it's like, this is very vulnerable place to be because you're reading my heart and my thoughts and, you know, but I, I've been just getting such amazing feedback that, you know, those are some of the takeaways. I think growing your faith, you know, on that journey, when you're waiting for something and you're, and you know, God called you to something for, for me, it was adoption, right? But we all have, we were all created for a purpose, a kingdom purpose, whatever that may be. It doesn't have to be adoption, whatever that is, you know, God will call us to it. But then there, there's that walk of faith of waiting and trusting the Lord and pressing into his word and believing what he says even when it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of faith intertwined. There's scripture everywhere from start to finish. Um, but then also coming to that place where we understand our identity is in Christ. We are children of God. We have been adopted into his family. We have a new name. We have an inheritance. We have a destiny. We have a family, you know, we have all of these things, but yet oftentimes we forget and we can still act, you know, like orphans and that orphan spirit mindset. I get into those mindsets where it's like that feeling, you know, that, that belief that we're rejected, we're unwanted, we're unloved, that we don't measure up and we compare ourselves to others. Um, you know, there's shame is a big one. Fear is a big one. So all of those mindsets are really that orphan spirit way of thinking and when we can identify that, and I, I, I saw it in myself, my parents divorced when I was like five years old and my father moved out of the state and married another woman. And it was, you know, I had no father after that. And my mom was a fierce, you know, mama bear mom, but she had to go to work and she had to get a job to support us. And I took away from that experience that I was obviously not good enough or lovable enough to, for my dad to stay. And not only did he move out of our house, he moved out of our state and never came back. So, uh, or rarely came back, I should say. So it made me very insecure. It made me very fearful um, and, and felt rejection e very easily. So I started to recognize those things in myself. And then in the book, I talk about how um, as, as, a, as a, a new Christian, a newly married woman, um, and just how my husband, who I didn't grow up in a Christian family, my husband did. My husband's grandfather was a pastor and a missionary and a church builder. So I step into this family and I'm like, I don't, you know, so I got saved shortly before we got married. And, um, you know, my husband 
I, I look, I still, you know, I still like I'm in awe of how God brought us together and that my husband loved me, but I know it was God's plan. Like now I know I can look through that, you know, that I have that perspective, like clearly the Lord brought us together, God's plan. We're doing these things now because this is what, you know, God had purposed, but you know, my husband loved me when I was unlovable, when I was still, you know, walking in that mess and he loved me unconditionally. And he was really the one that demonstrated the unconditional love of God, the father love of God to me. And in the back of the book, I have some testimonies that are included from individuals who I've interviewed over the years on my show, on my podcast, and they are all either most of them were either orphans themselves as children, or they were in foster care. Some of them had been adopted. Some of them never got adopted. Some of them are internationals from India, from Uganda, places like that. Some are in, in the United States. And they are people who experienced horrific trauma in their early years. But now as adults, they are thriving and walking with the Lord and they have ministries and they're doing amazing things for God. So I asked them like, what was it that changed the trajectory of your life? Because, you know, I struggle with some of my older adopted children that they're not quite really walking with the Lord. Some of my biological kids aren't exactly quite walking with the Lord how I would like, right? So, you know, we see individuals who've really come through trauma and a lot of times they carry that stuff with them throughout their whole lives. But here are these amazing individuals. So I asked them what changed the trajectory, you know, and I kind of knew because I had already interviewed them over the years. I, you know, I had a relationship with them, but I'm like, could you just write me, you know, write it down for me and send it to me, something I could use in my book. And by and large, straight across the board, it kind of boiled down to two things. They, almost every one of them said, it was experiencing the unconditional love of God through someone, whether it was an adoptive parent or someone who just showed them that love at just the right time. And it's the word of God that they apply to their lives to change their thinking because the enemy is always there to say, mm, you are unlovable. You are unwanted. You are no good. You are, you know, all those negative things. But, but, but believing the word of God and applying it to their lives every day. And, and as my dear sweet friend, Mandy Litsky, who is one of those um, people who gave that, you know, testimony in the book, and she's, she's an adoptive mom of like, I don't know, 18 kids, right? Um, and she was in foster care herself, and she did get adopted. But she said, sometimes it's a moment by moment application of God's word where I have to choose every moment to believe what God says about me and not what the enemy is trying to get me to believe. And so it's those two things that like, I realized that in my own life, it's, I experienced the love of God that was really demonstrated to me for the first time through my husband. And then the word of God, that transforming power of the word of God that the Holy Spirit uses, you know, so it's those two things. So anybody, whether you're an adoptive or foster parent or not, can really take away and grow spiritually through reading the book. You, I'm so glad you're bringing this point up because it is so important for us in the adoption foster care community to hear the voices of adults who have been through that journey, whether foster care, adoption, kinship, adoption, 
it's so important to hear their stories and their journeys, especially as parents and as caregivers and as people who are advocating in this community. We need to hear them because their voice is so important and through their journey, honestly, and if we think about, and I'm, I'm sure you have heard so many stories through, you know, JFO and, and Orphans No More of kids or teens who have felt like they couldn't say anything. So you're giving them a platform in this book, in addition to sharing your amazing journey and, and how, again, the, the, just how it goes hand in hand, our journey with coming home to the father and, and, and being recognizing that, that we are adopted through Jesus and their journey of, like you said, that unconditional love and having people show that. And sometimes even sometimes that unconditional love can be shown through like pets. Like I've talked to people who like, were like, I never knew unconditional love until I had a dog or until I had, you know, a cat or something. So, you know, having that tangible, having people who have like our kids, for example, being able to see that tangibly through a person, through an animal, through an experience that, that love is unconditional. I, I just love that, Sandra. I, I just want people. So this book will be and is going to be on our FASDHope.com resources page, but I just, there's so many takeaways in this book before our, our, <laughs> during our long pre-recording uh, conversation, which we tend to do, you shared with me something really important about writing and how you felt like you were just writing the words that, that God was putting in your heart. Can you share that with, with the audience? Because I think that's important for people to know, especially if you're listening out there and you feel like you have a story in you that needs to be shared. Sandra, can you just share what we were talking about? Yeah, I'll try to remember because we say so many things in the pre-conversation. We do. It's hilarious. We do a post-conversation. So these <laughs> interviews were actually like five hours long. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I, I wasn't really a writer. I was a journaler. I will say that I journaled before I brought all my kids home. Like once, once, once the youngest one came home with the FASD, it was like, who's got time to write anything down? I'll just like, you know, pray desperate prayers instead. But I was a journaler. So part of the reason why I think there's such description about, especially our trips to Ukraine is I had a journal with me both trips and I just logged everything we did and everything that happened every day. So when it came time to write, I could go back and get those details. Um, but the Lord really just downloaded those messages into me. Cause I would, I would sit down because I wasn't a writer. I'd be like, okay, I got to write this because God said, but like, God, you know, like could show up and like, write this through me and I'll just like type it. Right. <laughs> so quite often that's how it went. And I had a writing coach, um, because I had this manuscript, but um, you know, I didn't claim to be a writer. I just felt like, okay, I'm going to write this because God said, and then I'll be done. Um, but the process was very therapeutic, especially when I started dealing with my own childhood things. And I know we were talking about, you know, that when you're walking through that, it's like therapy when you're writing it and you're processing those emotions and those thoughts. So, so there was that, but, but really it's just being obedient. God said to write it. So I did. And when he calls us to do things, he equips us to do it. Um, so it's, it's sort of, if you, if you have that story in you start writing and the Lord will work out the details, you know, in all of those things. Cause I had no intention on doing, I didn't know I would get a publisher and, 
you know, that, that direction didn't come until much later. It's just that step of faith, start writing it and write every day. I think one of my biggest things I learned was you can't write one month and then like take six months off. You have to write really a little bit every day to stay in it. And I used an outline to help kind of keep track after I realized I'm, you know, was repeating things. Um, So I don't know, Natalie, if I really said what you, I can't remember exactly what we were saying. No, that's exactly it. And you use that. I love that analogy is like God downloaded it and I wrote it. That's, that's exactly, (laughs) that's what I wanted you to share because so many of our listeners, you know, for, for your amazing podcast and for FASD Hope have these stories in them. And we know, you and I both know that when people share their stories, not only is it therapeutic for them, but you're helping someone else out who hears themselves in your story. And that's where I pray that so many people are going to hear their journey, either through adoption, through foster care, through kinship care, or just their journey in walking with the Lord. They're going to hear you provide so many opportunities. And then of course, very importantly, the, the stories and the journeys of those who are, were, you know, in either foster care or who have been adopted and who are adults. So that is just so important. Sharing your story, I think is so important. And I, again, I just love that analogy. God downloaded it to me and I just put it down on paper. That that is it. So, so that is a tip for all you perspective authors out there. And we know that there are many of you out there who have amazing stories to share is, is start writing, keep writing. And just, again, you know, take time to, to prayerfully say, okay, what do you want me to say, Lord? And, and I think you did that again. So, okay. My, one of my favorite parts in the book, and I'm not going to give away any, anything, but one of my favorite parts of book, I have many, was when you all went back for Slava's adoption and you you just you talk about, you know, the 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 tornado of Slava. And I can relate because we have a <laughs> our our tornado, you know, who's now almost 19, but we had that and you just you share that sheer exhaustion and that sheer desperation. But again, was there one experience that really stood out either looking back now or as you were writing it as, wow, I can't believe I went through this. Probably most of it, (laughs) but I mean, there, there are, there are specific things that, that stand out because I look back at it now and I think, wow, did I like, I did that. Like, I just, by the grace of God, right. We did those things, but it was just like the fact that I spent six weeks in Ukraine and missed the entire month of December here in the United States, including Christmas with my biological kids. Like the thought of doing that now, I feel like I could never do that. And then I realized, well, wait, no, I did that. Um, And it was hard, but God, God just gives you the grace to go through some of those things. Now I used to think like I carried like some sort of like, you know, world record for being in Ukraine that long, but there is another adoptive mom from Ukraine who actually spent an entire year in Ukraine to bring her son home. She came home with PTSD because it was a very traumatic experience. And she wrote a book. Her name is Kim DeBlaycourt. She's been on my show before. She's written a couple of books. She's an, an incredible author. I think the name of her, her memoir is Until We All Come Home. But that was an incredible experience. And, um, you know, so I, like I said, I, 
foster and adoptive parents are my heroes because our stories are God's stories. And just to walk in obedience and go through these challenging, these trials, right? So I know that stood out to me. Other things like really dealing with that government official. That was for our first adoption. The guy who just would not give us his signature. He, our kids, yeah, yeah. The 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 our kids, our two older kids were in a region in Ukraine where they they did not like foreigners adopting their children, even though their children were in orphanages, not really being taken care of. Um, and this, we just, you know, we, that's why I was there for six weeks. Cause for the first half of the time, this guy would play a game of cat and mouse with us and just wasn't going to sign our documents so that we could go on to the next step. And it was really a walk of faith. And you really begin to it's, and I say this in the book, adoption journeys are like mission trips because they're life transforming. That's where you really learn to walk with the Lord. And I feel like at home, it's really easy to pick up the phone and call a friend to vent to your friend, um, your spouse, your, you know, your, there's things like we can do, right? We feel like we can do stuff when we're in our element, but when you're in another country and there's a foreign government in charge and like, you can't even drive a car anywhere and you can't even really order at a restaurant because you don't speak the language and you're at the mercy of these government officials, you really feel like this is this is enemy opposition. So my husband and I had to unite in prayer and in the word of God. And that's how we won the battle. And the, and the one day where we were not, he refused to give us his signature and we got in the car and feeling defeated. But I heard if God is for us, who can be against us? Clear as day in my head. And I'm like, Okay. And so many times it was things like that. Like we experienced miracles on both of our adoption trips. And I believe it's because there was nothing we could do, but hang on to the Lord and trust him. So our, our faith grew our relationship in the Lord grew because that's all we could do. There was nothing else for us, but prayer, our relationship with the Lord, each other, my husband hung and I hung on to each other, but we had to pray and read the word. Like that was our survival. Um, and it's just, that's how, and it's not just for foster and adoption stories, right? It's for everyday life. And that's what I pray. I think that's probably the biggest takeaway that we can pray that readers will get from your, your wonderful book is that you have, and that's why we started FASD hope is that you have to have that hope and that faith in the Lord, that he is carrying you through this and we can't see you know, some days we just like, you know, in, 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 in your book, um, I think one of your chapters was surviving Slava. <laughs> I mean, you, you literally feel like, you know, okay, am I going to survive this day with my child, you know, who's having a rage or who's having a total sensory meltdown or anything like that. And that, again, that vulnerability is in that brokenness that we feel is filled by God when we retreat in him and we say, okay, God, we know you're, you're there. We know. And, and, and just having that hope to get you through, you know, that is just such, I think for me, that is, is the biggest takeaway um, is it, just retreating in the Lord and saying, you know, I know that he is fighting this battle for me. I can't see it. I can't. And, and you're, you're absolutely a hundred percent, um, relying on him, you know, it's, it's nothing you're doing, you know, it's just, just holding on, but reading your book, you do 
experience the miracles, you know, as a reader that you went through. It, it really, I felt like, you know, so many times when you shared that there was just no hope, we didn't know what to do and a miracle happened. That really shows how adoption and foster care and when we come from broken places and we don't know the next step is the next step's already been taken. We just have to trust in the Lord in that next step. So I love that. And I love how, again, your faith is just the foundation of this book, because for so many of us, we need to rely on our faith in these journeys. So awesome book grounded in faith scripture, but again, showing you're physically there when these miracles happen through your, your family's journey, not only through your children from the Ukraine, but also your daughter who was adopted through kinship adoption too. So we, I'm just so excited for people to get their hands on this book and to read it and just absorb it the way I was able to. So this book launching is a full-time thing now. How can folks get out there? How, how can folks connect, get the book, share it, talk about it, share away, my friend. Oh, thank you, Natalie. By the time this episode airs, the book should be on Amazon as an ebook, which it's supposed to be released towards the end of May. Uh, and then by, by mid-June, it will be available wherever good books are sold. You can get a physical copy of the book. Uh, wherever you buy your books. Uh, it's out for distribution. So if you go to a Barnes and Noble or wherever, if you like to go to your local little bookstore, uh, if it's not on the shelf there, and it probably won't initially be, it is in the catalog where they can order it for you if you ask for it. And I would love for you to do that uh, because but I love to go into my local bookstore, whether it be a Christian bookstore or just a bookstore you know, on the corner down the street. I love to touch books and, and open them and, and peruse a bookstore. So you're, you would be able to get this, get my book in any bookstore. And if it's not currently on the shelf there, you can ask them to order it for you and they will. Um, so yeah, wherever good books are sold. So by mid June, you should be able to get it anywhere. And the title is Orphans No More, A Journey Back to the Father by Sandra Flack. You know, uh, we love to end our episodes on hope takeaways and your book is like one giant hope takeaway in so many, every chapter, you know, there's just so many hope takeaways and, and so many, um, just again, so you're physically transported to witness the miracles that you and your husband have been through in the adoption of your, your children and also how your family has grown, how your family is, has just come to be this, this amazing family. There are listeners out there who are on this road. What words of hope can you give to our listeners who are on these journeys from hard places? Yeah, thank you, Natalie. Because so many of your listeners are listening probably because they need that hope. They're parenting an individual with an FASD, just like you and I are. Um, hope is, is important. And in my book and where we talked about earlier, where the individuals that I interviewed at the back of the book and they shared their stories and that one of those things that made a difference in their lives was experiencing the love of God somehow. Um, someone demonstrated that to them. And there's a, there's a, a speaker who was, he's an adult. Uh, he'd grown up in foster care. I think his name is Josh Ship. And I heard him speak once and he said, every child is just one caring adult away 
from success. And I think about our kids, I'm, I've been going through the facets training, like I know you've done that, you know, and we're dealing with every day, all of those behavioral characteristics, the memory stuff, right? The perseveration, the um, dismaturity, like all of those things that we deal with every day. And I started, the more I began to learn, I started to get fearful of the outcomes because I started looking at those secondary characteristics, the, the depression, the anxiety, the trouble in school, all of those things. And if, if things aren't, you know, if our kids aren't supported well, it could lead to those tertiary um, outcomes, the, the homelessness, the addictions, um, you know, all of those things. There's, there's, you know, depression, all of those negative outcomes and, you know, just fearing the worst, like, you know, is an FASD diagnosis? Cause my two youngest are diagnosed. My oldest daughter is 30 and she doesn't have a diagnosis, but like checks every box. Right. So be, being worried about that outcome at the end, like what if my kid ends up addicted or homeless or in trouble with the law or in jail or, you know, and you can kind of get, and then I started to realize, wait a minute, if we reverse it, the opposite is actually true because when our kids have advocates like us, and if you're listening to this podcast, you are an advocate for your kid. You're probably a mama bear advocate like Natalie and I, because you want to learn all you can and you want to do the very best for your kiddo. And just you're listening to this podcast is evidence of that. You, you are advocating for your kids. You're making those accommodations. You're doing whatever it takes to make your kids successful. It is not easy. In some days, it doesn't look like maybe success is going to happen, or at least you're not seeing it on the horizon, right? But we're, we're intervening and advocating and doing those things for our kids. And God is going to honor that. You know, and I think about like that, you know, that snowball, you know, when a snowball is rolling down the hill and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, we are intervening to pick that snowball up before it ends up at the bottom, you know, of the hill and in disaster mode, because we're taking the time and we're learning all we can and we're doing everything we can and we're applying what we can and making those accommodations. You know, even if it's pulling your kid out of school and homeschooling, you're, you know, we're learning, we're learning so that we can do better. And then our kids, the outcomes will be better. So, you know, my hope takeaway is just stay the course, learn all you can and pray, you know, pray for your kids. I find myself some days, you know, I'm praying my, my one son poked his head in earlier before we started recording and I, you know, he was going somewhere and I'm like, make wise choices. <laughs> And Natalie said, that's what I say to my son. I'm like, yes, wise choices. But it's, it is that prayer, you know, like some, some days my prayer is, you know, I want them to make wise choices, but also I know that, you know, I can, no weapon formed against them shall prosper. And it's like, you know what, maybe the enemy could use this for bad and evil, but God can turn it around for good. And our kids have strengths. We need to focus on those strengths. We need to cultivate that in them. They were, they were like us created in the image of God for a purpose. And we are here. If your child is in your home, it's not an accident, whether they came by birth or they came by adoption, God placed them in your family and you're that person that's going to make all the difference in their lives. Even when we don't feel like we're doing a good job at it, because a lot of days we don't, but we faithfully show up. So you know, 
that's the hope takeaway. We're showing up for our kids and their outcomes will be different. Amen. Amen. Best hope takeaway ever. I love that. Oh my goodness. Sandra Flack, you know, you're going to be back on FASD hope just because you know, that we, you're just going to be back. (laughs) So everybody, if you're listening, orphans, no more a journey back to the father by Sandra Flack, buy the book, read the book, learn from the book and grow from the book. I, it's just the best book that I've read in many, many years. So Sandra Flack, thanks again for being on FASD Hope. Thank you so much, Natalie. I so appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Podbean, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us next week. And remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.